0: after so many years why is cyber crime still a problem for businesses why hasn't this been eradicated why are companies still at risk of losing money from cyber losses we're gonna take a look at what is the competition who is trying to damage your business and also what are the defenses against that what goes into cyber protection, whether it's insurance or whether it's internal controls. The first and most important thing to realize is what are you up against? Who's out there trying to damage you? It's not just a lone hacker in a hoodie in a basement trying to hack your business. According to official government sources and leaked internal documents, ransomware groups are operating like large commercial enterprises according to this article from cnbc one of them has an hr department performance reviews employee of the month sales bonuses these are actual large-scale commercial enterprises fighting against your business and if you haven't had a loss yet it's probably not because you won It's not because you beat them at their game. It's probably because they haven't gotten around to finding you yet. Because there are many more actual companies in the world than there are hacking companies, it's just a number of the odds. There's probably hundreds or thousands of hacking companies that have HR departments, organizational structure, and managers, but millions of businesses that are potential victims. They just haven't gotten around to them all yet so that's the first thing to realize is the opposition you have that's trying to damage your company is an organized group of people just like your company is managers hierarchy systems controls in the same way you have it for your business development firm and that's directly from fbi sources so that's what you're up against what can you do to prevent that happening just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean that you're not at risk you want to make sure that you're doing the right things internally the good news is most of the right things are not going to make it harder for you to run your business implementing different access points is the first thing to do its impactful to proactively prevent that cyber event from happening and it improves your results if you do have a an attack against you more importantly If you put these things in place, you can actually get cyber insurance to cover you for losses that you do incur. The security controls that you put in place are commonly required by cyber insurance companies. What are those controls? Well, the most important one is what's called least privilege, meaning that any user of digital resources on your system has only the logins and privileges that they need to do their job or to accomplish their task. They don't have full access across all the different platforms. If it's a accounts payables person, they can only get to payables and maybe even only limited information in AP. If it's a salesperson, they can only access the clients they need for their sales process. Again, you don't want to put things in place that make it more restrictive so your employees can't do their job, but you don't want to put too many things on their plate just so they have a login that allows them to do everything just in case it comes up later because that just in case could be somebody hacking their computer. Make sure that every worker also has multi-factor authentication, 2FA sometimes called, where when they log into their desktop or laptop to your system, there's another authentication needed. Maybe it's a text message, maybe it's a phone call that they get with an automated number to type in. Make sure that originates outside of your normal system, because if somebody hacked into your system, they can get at that. Anytime somebody logs in through a VPN, remote desktop, work from home, the 2FA or multiple point authentication should be in place every time, and it should automatically log out with no activity. So if an employee is working at home, they have their computer on, they run to go to the store, After some period of time of no activity, no mouse movement, no keyboard entry, that system should log off from your network. The computer can stay on, but if it logs off from your network, now you're not at risk if somebody hacks their computer or their router or their modem or somebody in their household comes across their screen and starts doing something. Maybe there's a pop-up on the screen that they hit enter on. Make sure that you have systems in place that identify indicators that there is some threat or some vulnerability or some access to your system. If you've been compromised, you wanna be aware of that and have that spider out to all of the nodes of your network, remote employees, mobile devices. Look, if you have an employee that uses their mobile device to access even basic things, just to log in to get contact information, be aware that that login might technically give them more access than just getting the phone number of a client. It might access financial information, payable information, intellectual property. So if they leave their phone somewhere and somebody has their phone, now they have access to your entire company. Or if somehow they're sent a malicious text message with a, with an a, uh, enclosed file that they open up that file and it compromises their phone, they can get in. Make sure you have methods to identify that even on remote devices you also want to have defenses against um, ransomware ransomware is one of the biggest threats to a company somebody logs into your system locks up your files deletes your files and then demands payment for recovery of your system there are simple tools you can put in place that prevents ransomware from spreading. Even if it somehow gets into your four walls of your business, it can't spread to do that kind of damage where it's worth paying to undo. Next thing is to include other stakeholders in your cyber security network or your layers. Include your vendors. Include your customers. Have a questionnaire or checklist that let them know you're taking this seriously and by taking your internal security seriously, they're gonna understand that you're also protecting their interest. If they're customers, you're protecting their identities and their personal information. If they're vendors, you're protecting their financial well-being because if you somehow get you know put out of business temporarily, their finances are at risk. So by demonstrating that you're taking proactive steps to protect your business, then they're gonna have more confidence in you. If a customer has three or four different vendors they deal with, and you're the only one that's sending them questionnaires or letting them know what you're doing to protect your business, they may actually do more business with you because they can count on you to be a stable provider of the product or service where they might question, well, why isn't this other competitor letting me know how to protect myself, how to log into your system, how to protect the uh, credentials. Insurers are starting to require this and they're starting to separate their insurance coverages into three different areas, malware, spyware, ransomware, they're three different things and having these procedures in place before you try to get insurance will help you get the best coverage and the best prices. So. If your company is looking to get cyber liability insurance or cyber coverage, but you're not taking strong precautions to protect against them, don't think the insurance is just going to bail you out if you have a loss. They're going to be holding you responsible for your cyber programs and your controls. They're going to expect that the customers that they have, their insured clients, you meet your end of the gar- uh, end of the bargain. So if you promise to put these procedures in place, they're gonna demand that you've done that to reduce the risk. It's good for you and it's good for them because if you haven't done it and you have a loss, it's kind of like saying, well, I'm gonna buy fire insurance. I promise I won't light my house on fire. And then you light your house on fire and you want them to pay for the damage. That's not how insurance is gonna work in the future. Putting those systems in place will be important before you even try to get insurance because it'll get you better coverages, it'll get you to be taken more seriously by the insurers. So what's gonna be covered by cyber insurance? The direct cost of a ransomware attack is only part of what your losses could be. You, for example, you might have to pay to repair your networks, to fix your servers, put in a new hard drive. Maybe you have to back up and restore your data from other sources. That might be labor intensive. There might be hardware involved. You might have to hire IT experts to do that. This could be more expensive than the ransom you paid. Sometimes you have to do brand management. If it's a public, highly conspicuous event, you might have to spend money on public relations to reestablish trust with your customers, with your vendors, even with your employees insurance can help pay some of those costs remember you have to have done everything that you agreed to to prevent this loss in the first place if you have business interruption meaning that you don't have income and revenue because your systems are down or they're encrypted or the hacker has blocked you from accessing your own systems that business loss that revenue loss might be covered under some policies you might also have business interruption from third parties meaning that if one of your vendors system is broken or if you have a customer that is hacked and you're relying on payment from that customer you might be able to get insurance to cover your losses from not getting payment by third parties you might be able to get payment for what's called digital asset destruction if you have maybe designs or engineering drawings or CNC programs, PDF files, contracts, anything that's a digital asset, non-tangible asset, that's destroyed, that's corrupted, blocked by a hacker, that loss could be substantial. And you want insurance to cover that. So make sure that as you're looking for insurance, try to get coverage for all these things because cyber liability insurance isn't just a one type of policy. It's very customized for different companies in addition you might get coverage for data retrieval maybe your data has been corrupted on your server but you have another version of it in the cloud being able to reconstruct that onto a new CRM that might be partially labor internally but also partially done by an IT company even physical damage you know there's ways that hackers can physically damage a hard drive on your system by uh, sending too much voltage, by sending certain types of files that corrupt it. Look, a good example, you might not think this can happen, but there's a story about certain vehicles that were owned by consumers that were driving in the town, in the city of Seattle. And there's a certain year make model of Volkswagen vehicles. Nothing against Volkswagen, they didn't do anything wrong, so that's not what this is about. But the way that their infotainment system on their radio was programmed when you tuned into a radio station you know you'll see the radio station logo pop up on your screen or sometimes the name of the song will show up on your radio that data is transferred to your radio through the airwaves using a digital signature signa, uh, signal and that data packet is a certain file format it's kind of like you've seen doc files or excel files or pdf files It's transferred in a certain file format with an extension. Well, when this radio station transmitted those files for a certain period of time, they forgot to add the extension, the dot, .whatever it was, SQL or whatever the file was. Because of that, when that data was transferred to that radio, the radio couldn't understand what the data was, so it tried to process it as program files. It tried to run a program on it. It ended up bricking the radio, meaning that it made the radio unusable. It permanently damaged the radio. Now, it was a very unique combination of you had to be in Seattle, you had to have a Volkswagen, and you had to be tuned to that station on that certain date and time. So it was a very unique, narrow window. But what it does is it proves that if certain types of data is transmitted to any device, it can do physical damage to that device. So hackers know how to... to, leverage this and use this loophole to damage servers and to damage physical infrastructure. They know how to send blasts of data to your server to corrupt a hard drive. You may also have to spend money on social engineering to undo the damage and to figure out where the access was because even if you fix the damage done by the hacker, now you have to figure out how to keep it from happening again. Where did they come in? What was the method of infiltrating your system? And that can take some time too. Cyber risk for companies is changing. It used to be that like most insurance, you buy a policy and the insurance company is separate from you. Now it's like a partnership to minimize those losses. Uh, It's kind of like a complete change in the way insurance is done for cyber policies versus property and casualty type policies. Clients have to get enough coverage, insurers have to get coverage, but they also need to be partners with the insurance company in implementing policies that the insurance companies know about from their other insureds and other losses. What the insurer is gonna look at are different factors. What is your company's expertise in managing cyber defense and awareness? Is this the first time that you've brought this up? If you can show documentation where you've discussed this in meetings, you have best practices, that you have had memos, you know, six months, a year, two years ago, now you're going to be seen as more aware and more mature with cyber insurance. If this is the first time you're thinking about it, it may not be as good of a risk to them. So even if you're not looking for insurance right this second, which maybe you should be, start at least having the discussion of this subject internally and documenting it. So you can show potential insurers later that this is not your first rodeo. You've been talking about this for a while. Um, And then obviously, you know, put some protections in place for ransomware. Um, Do you have firewalls? Do you have updates on all your routers and your servers and your Wi-Fi network? Do you have training for your employees even if it's a small once a week 15-minute meeting to just disc- to go over you know two-factor authentication maybe it's best practice on not using remote devices on other networks maybe it's you know if you if you travel make sure you don't use your company laptop on the hotel Wi-Fi use a VPN just s- simple things and if it's repetitive on a regular basis when it comes time for underwriting with an insurer You can show them, look, this is what we've done for the last 24 months. We have a meeting every week, 15 minutes, we go over this. Of course, you're not going to get 100% compliance with your employees, but if you can show that's part of your practice, if something does happen, now at least the insurer is going to know you have good faith efforts to reduce this. Um, Also, what is the progress? Maybe you can show that more employees are now included, like an, an escalating or increasing Uh, level of knowledge and expertise of different employees and have that training be dynamic not the same thing over and over every month maybe including something that's a novel risk in the marketplace where you're learning you see an article about some loss and let's take a look at one that might be relevant in today's marketplace here's something that was just announced by um, the federal government that they've discovered malicious tools in the cyber risk profile. Multiple agencies issued a joint warning that they've discovered tools used by actors, those are called criminals, capable of gaining full system access to multiple industrial control systems. What does that mean? If you're a manufacturer, if you are a, a company with a lot of industrial equipment, maybe a hospital, What they're telling you is right now, there are criminals that have tools to access that remotely. So if you have a CNC machining shop, there might be new tools out there that can access your machines and just send them haywire. That might be something you might wanna know about. So when it comes to creating your training, you can include this. Look, this news came out April, 2022. Here's what we're gonna talk about in our meeting today. So that's dynamic training, not static training. And if you can show, documented, that every week you have a new process, a recognition of evolved and newly emerging processes, again, it's good faith. It's not going to cover everything, but at least now your insurer is gonna know you take this seriously and you have a desire to improve. Also, what is your budget? If you have a budget item on your P&L, for security cyber security cyber protection that's going to go a long way with your insurer how embarrassing would it be to have your insurer as you're doing underwriting ask you well let me see your copy of your profit and loss and show me the line item for cyber security there isn't one zero well how are you going to ask an insurer to help protect you if you haven't spent one dime to protect yourself Now, in reality, you probably have spent money, but it's probably mixed into other budgets. What that tells the insurer is, you don't take this seriously enough as its own individual subject to have it be a separate line item on your chart of accounts for your P&L. And you kind of make it like an afterthought of sales or marketing or afterthought of processing. It's not a serious enough thing. You wanna have this a separate chart of accounts item and to have it be more every month. Doesn't have to be a ton more, but show that it is an expanding importance to you. And having some overall knowledge, whoever's talking to your insurer, make sure that person is familiar with your internal opinion, strategy, philosophy on cyber protection because if you have your insurance underwriter talking to maybe an administrative clerk or some other non-involved person with cybersecurity, they're not gonna get clear answers and they're gonna look at it like your company doesn't have somebody who knows about the cybersecurity landscape. Why is this important? Because cyber liability insurance is kind of like an endangered species. It's at risk of not being available to you. Their loss rates at the insurance company is a factor in the, the cyber risk climate. Insurers themselves have kind of played a part in this by just covering every possible risk without question. So. Being more prepared as a client and as an insurer will help prevent that endangered species become an extinct species. You wanna be able to have access to this coverage. all clients should have access to this, but if you don't take the right steps, you might not be able to buy it at all at any price in the future. And remember, all of your IT people, upper management, they're going to have some awareness of this cyber risk. That's good, but the weakest link is the actual frontline employee. It's the front desk person at let's say a law firm that doesn't recognize they got this email that looks like it's from one of their partners with an attached file and they open it and it spreads to the whole system because that person weren't, was not aware of phishing attacks or hacking attempts including all the employees in the awareness and knowledge will help protect it because it's probably not gonna be the CEO that falls for that kind of attack or an upper level manager or especially an IT person. So if all the conversations about cyber protection is in the IT department or executive level meetings, the frontline people that are most at risk for letting the criminal in the front door are never gonna know what to look for and to prevent your business from becoming a risk and more importantly keeping you out of the safe zone of having insurance to cover you because like any other risk you can't eliminate the risk 100 percent you still may have some risk that's what insurance is for so you don't want to be in a place where you can't get insurance because of the prior activity or lack of it in your company